Live from London, this is the <clears> Saturday <throat> Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon if you're in the UK and if you're anywhere else, good morning or good evening depending where you are. My name is Joe Hammond, I'm a primary school music and computing specialist and today um, might have some stuff from the trombone and the electric guitar later. Um, I'll be talking to Dave McPartlin as my guest and we'll see what else. Live from London. This is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, welcome to the show, everybody. So uh, today I have a, um, a, a guest that I'm very excited to share a pre-recorded interview I did with you. He is Dave McPartlin, head teacher of Flakefleet Primary School, who was on Britain's Got Talent in 2019, and they've done all sorts of other crazy awesome stuff. So I'll be sharing that with everybody. Um and of course we'll have some songs later now today's songs are gonna be a little interesting because um i left my guitar my acoustic guitar and my ukulele at school um yesterday which i'm a bit um annoyed with myself about but um what we will be doing is i will be um playing some songs on my electric guitar today and um, also my trombone. So yeah, that could be interesting. We'll see how that goes. Um, and yeah, uh, as, I, as I said, I will share um, the interview with Dave McPartland that I did with, um, with you guys. Now, before that, I wanted to talk about um, Christmas shows, winter shows, etc. Because lots of people will be preparing for nativities, concerts, whatever else. And I know some of the previous hosts, I know Nathan um, talked a bit about um, the, the sort of controversy around is Christmas cancelled or anything like that but I, I don't want to go into that what I do want to go into is I want to go into like song choices and the things that things that you guys do um during uh for for your shows because here's my feeling about Christmas songs um or sort of least winter type songs is Everyone has their, I guess, everyone has their songs that can feel overplayed, like you hear them too much. And um, sometimes, it, uh, and it can often feel like that with Christmas songs, because there are, there are some songs where you might have a nostalgic look back at, say, classic artists like Elvis Presley or the Beatles or Queen, etc. And of course, everyone... Uh, loads of people love those but even then some people feel that they're overplayed and overrated um and 
it can feel like that with Christmas songs sometimes because there's there's barely ever anything any new exciting songs at Christmas time, and um, this is something that I like to try to do. I like to I try to vary vary it as much as possible um without and also i i like to be careful of not um going to overboard with it, it being all about christmas i mean i know that was something that nathan talked about well there's got to be respect for all cultures and uh and uh religions and things at this time and it's uh it's got to be so there's there's got to be a good balance but I know that certainly there are some songs like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You or The Wizard, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day and and things like that, where they're played every single year in December and often earlier as Christmas come, seems to come earlier every single year. Um, that And it, 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 it can that can get a little bit tedious. So what I like to do is... Sometimes there are songs I put into my winter shows that don't necessarily have anything to do with Christmas, but they do have plenty to do with the time of year. So I guess for it, uh, for example, th- this year we're we're finishing our show with Winter Wonderlands. Now, if now uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go on to that later. We're finishing our show with Winter Wonderland, but we're also doing a lot of songs based on light, hope, and joy. So um, we've got um, our older children are, do, are singing "Here Comes the Sun" by the Beatles, and our um, our younger children are, are singing uh, so, uh, "What a Wonderful World." Our year ones are doing that, and our um, reception are doing a song called sunshine in my heart that's from sing up and our um our year twos and year threes are doing a song called hope for a better tomorrow and uh it kind of it kind of relates to the plays they're performing because none of none of them are doing a nativity uh, um but they are doing themes based on you know giving and um things that we do like to celebrate at this time of year aside from music so um our our reception children are doing you know a play about greed and how it's uh better to share with others and um also we're doing a lot based on um we're donating a lot um some of the proceeds from our craft sale and things to the RSPCA so we've got some plays based on um what the RSPCA do and how they help people and so we've got we we've got we've got a variety of things now i guess we i i have been doing some christmas songs with the kids um, we're not going to perform those to parents, but I've been including some of them in my less in my lessons recently because, um, well, you know, so, some people feel that oh, you, you if you if you're not acknowledging it, it's a real shame, and and and, and others are sort of afraid to acknowledge it because it could be um, it could be you know uh not inclusive towards other cultures and uh lots of london-based schools especially in multiculturals but um yeah i i guess 
it, if you want to get involved in the debate, that's um, that that's great. But also at the same time, sometimes you've just got to get on with what, excuse me, what does work. And um, so that that's what we that's what we chose to do at my school. And I wanted, um, yeah, for 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 my lessons. Um, so I have been teaching things like Santa Claus is coming to town on the ukulele and um, uh, Jingle Bells, so the, some of the younger ones. And uh, we've been playing with percussion instruments along to things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Felice. We've been learning Makaton signs for Felice Navidad and things like that. But it's, um, but yeah, uh, so we have, I guess... We've been trying to be as inclusive as possible while acknowledging the time of year and but making sure that the commercialism aspect isn't isn't sort of shoved in shoved in kids' faces that the uh, actual reasons why we celebrate these times of year are the most prominent. But um I don't know. How do um let me know um if you're listening uh if you've downloaded this. Um tweet me if um there's any songs that you feel are overplayed at this time of year or um any or if there are any alternative ways of celebrating things at this time of year that you'd like to share. And that actually leads me on to a bit of um some of some of my opinions on some songs that are considered overplayed and others that are perhaps not considered overplayed, but I think they are. So in terms of um, popular songs that I feel can be overplayed, this is going to be very controversial to a lot of people, but I think ABBA is pretty overrated. I'm, I'm very, uh, and I, I think many people upon hearing that are probably going to be doing this to me right now. <laughs> but um, it's true. I I think because, um, you know, ABBA still seems to be everywhere. It's like, um, it's, you got Mamma Mia um, uh, on, on the, on the West End and the films and, uh, and the songs are, you know, still often played on the radio and things like that. And just in my opinion, um, I'm a little bit sick of hearing them. And I know a lot of people feel that way about certain kids songs as well. Like, um, I guess, Let It Go is a good example of that. Um, now, objectively... Frozen is a masterpiece of a film. And so is Let It Go. It is a brilliant song. But I completely understand why people hate it. They don't necessarily hate the song. It's just that it's not something that they would normally listen to that is played so much and is heard so much that people are sick and tired of hearing it. And even people who like the song will still say it's just massively overplayed. And when you're choosing songs for shows um, and um, plays and things like that, I guess that's what you've got to be careful of. And something that when you're talking about 
songs in schools. Just like everything, you can't please everyone. And this is something that's very important to remember, because if you try and... um, You're never going to find a song that works for all the children or students in your class. There's going to be some that like it, some that even hate it. Um, But you have to... You have to move past that. And what I said to some of my older kids, because um, when I said we were going to sing Here Comes the Sun, honestly, lots of them didn't have a good reaction to it at all. Um, And I said said to them that um, it might not be your favourite song at the moment, um, and that's okay, you're entitled to your opinion, but it might grow on you if you perform it and you make the effort with it. Sometimes that can be a way into appreciating music that you don't necessarily like or you wouldn't choose to listen to. But if it works for a school choir or it works for that age group, then it's... then why not? You should be able to, if they have an attitude of, okay, it's not my favourite song, but I am going to try my best with it. And then it has grown on some of the those children. So if, if, if you're choosing a song, now there's, there can be some songs where it's not really possible to get it to sound good. And you have what you have to consider when you're choosing you choosing songs for plays, musicals, and things is well. There's a lot of considerations. I think one of the most common things that say that's a consideration that many people don't take into account is the vocal range of certain songs, because um, yeah, the vocal. The vocal range, by by that for those that aren't musicians, I mean that you have um, you have a lower if you have a lower vocal range, um, then your voices might be um, might might sort of be able to hit lower notes but struggle with higher notes, and if they have high voices, then they'll be able to hit higher notes but struggle with um that struggle with lower notes now if you're a secondary school or a college or something like that then um then if you've got the students to be able to do four part harmonies and things you can have sopranos altos tenors basses um i know i i had that in my secondary school um when i was actually at school not i have never been a secondary school teacher but um, if you're doing things in unison, like in primary school, and I know I know some primary schools are capable of doing multiple parts and harmonies. They've got that long established, uh, um, the students that are capable of doing that, the teachers that are capable of teaching those things. You can, um, you can, sometimes you can do that. But generally, what, the vocal range that is suitable for primary school children is sort of middle C on the piano to C an octave above. And um, 
that might not mean anything to those that aren't musical. But what I do say to class teachers who are not musicians or struggle with teaching music is they tend to sing things at a vocal range that's comfortable for them. And most likely they'll sing things at a range that is low. So if you're a female teacher, that means at an alto range. Um, and if you're if you're a male teacher, that means at a bass range. But that vocal range is too low for the children. And ultimately, the children are the ones who are going to be performing the, the songs to their parents. You know, the uh, the parents, they, they might say thank you and well done to the teacher but ultimately they're coming to see their children sing and if they can't hear them then those parents aren't going to be as engaged as they could be and you know you why what i say to the kids a lot and what i say to um a lot of class teachers is if you have um you want you want to make the singing as good as it possibly can be because there's there's some te there's some teachers out there that might sort of see it as something that they have to do um and then they just want to they just want to do it and uh, and get through it but if you make a real effort there's some it's possible to do really outstanding performances and those that those schools that appreciate their performing arts and do things to a high standard and are passionate about it the different you can tell the difference Le leanne says i love singing with my class yeah and i re i leanne i massively respect you um for that you do sing with your class i i have massive respect for that because um you know, teachers that do singing with their class. Well, going if we go into the benefits of singing for children and students, they're they're end they're nearly they're nearly endless. It's confidence boosting. It's um, I could I could go on for hours about how um, music and singing is beneficial for for children. And two you know two weeks ago. Um, when I interviewed Jimmy Rotherham, the uh, uh, Feversham Primary Music Specialist teacher, the one that was nominated for Global Teacher Prize, who, to, who, where his school have um, nearly six hours of music a week, his students. Well, he said when he was doing supply teaching, I remember this that um, he had um, he had he had a year six class and he was basically asked to do practice sats papers with them all day and then he said um afterwards okay we'll do 10 minutes of um a bit of singing a bit of music afterwards and he did next day he got a call from his supply agency saying the school were furious with him for wasting learning time and that was just i mean I was sadly some schools that do not appreciate their their performing arts can be a bit unsurprising that they're um it's it's a sad state of affairs when schools are uh, schools are like that um 
yeah i know it is unbelievable leanne um but um yeah so and and that and that i guess brings me on to i'm i did i didn't plan any of this at all like i'm i'm i sort of had a starting topic and now i'm um to- now i'm talking but um in jimmy's current school feversham primary his head teacher was completely on board with this and is hugely supportive of the amount of music that school do and that's why it's worked so you know senior leaders have to be on board as well they have to be supportive you can't just sort of um expect it to happen without um a bit of collaboration and prior knowledge and um leaders who believe in this this kind of thing whether the musicality comes from the leaders themselves i know there's been some uh some leaders who are passionate about singing like this this year's pearson teaching awards head teacher of the year primary school well she runs the choir um and you know that's awesome the 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 head teacher herself is the one that is leading lots of the music in the school and when it comes from that position it's super powerful and so um wow i i went on some massive tangents during that conversation didn't i but um yeah um leanne i love that you sing with your class and i encourage everybody to at least do some bits of uh, music with their class um even if you've got a music specialist teacher it's always good to you know take some time to maybe have a bit of a singing break between lessons um you know people choose different things to have brain breaks singing is a great one or a bit of music and movement for younger kids is also a great one um but that is it's it's a great way and then you can get a, a it's it's a great way of doing a brain break. Sometimes there might be some movement involved, even with the older kids. I I know Go Noodles become really popular. Leanne says the kids come up with the actions to the songs too. Great for some imaginative thinking. Yes, absolutely. And I often ask my children to come up with um, actions for songs as well. Um, now, sometimes. There's some things that I do like to teach them, like if we're doing uh, English sign language and for um, my year ones, I'm teaching them Feliz Navidad and um, yes, and rhythm as well. Um, I'm not going to try an OGQ and I'm not going to try and say the um, uh, the rest of your name at the uh, risk of offending you. Um, but um, But yeah, rhythm and um creative thinking but with Felice Navidad um our Senko has been has learnt the Makaton signs for um uh I want to the I want to wish you a Merry Christmas I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and we've taught them to the uh to the year ones and they've been super engaged with that and actually we had an amazing discussion with those year ones who um who we they asked me what is makaton and so i explained to them that sometimes makaton is used for people who might struggle to talk um so that they can communicate with us and so that 
we can communicate with them if they struggle to understand words or and that led into an amazing discussion about how we make adaptations and things for um people with disabilities so you know um oh uh, some children said oh yeah i've seen i've seen um somebody who's blind and they had a stick that help them get around i've seen another person that had a dog uh, a guide dog that was that was walking them around and then we talked about deaf uh, deafness as well and how we use sign language there and how we can also help people here because actually my deputy head at my school he wears hearing aids um so um there's a bit of there's a bit of empathy there and it was an incredible discussion actually and um i'm very open with my children about being autistic about being on the autistic spectrum i i am autistic and i'm very open about that with well with everybody actually um but i know that there might be some teachers and some uh some yeah some teachers that might be a bit um a bit apprehensive about revealing that but i like talking about that with people because not because i expect them to you know treat me really differently but just as a level of understanding like what are my needs and um what are my skills that are perhaps amplified by being autistic like my musical skills and my skill with computers um when we talk normally, almost it's like a straight line and kids can imagine those talk hard. Yeah, yeah, to to an extent. Yeah, if if and even even like attention spans, you know, if you miss certain bits or certain words, you might not follow the conversation. Absolutely, OGQ. Um, so yeah. Um Wow, I went from talking about Christmas songs that are overplayed to nativities and Christmas plays to um, adapting songs with disabilities to singing with class in all in the space of 25 minutes. That's quite impressive, <laughs> quite an impressive amount of tangents. But a lot of the points I made there, very important, very, um, yeah, really, uh, really good for 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 being empathetic adaptable for all of our students so what i'm going to do i'm just going to um play the adverts and then i'm going to share uh, my pre-recorded interview with the one and only dave mcpartlin um for those that have just joined us dave mcpartlin is the head teacher of flake fleet primary school who are on britain's got talent in 2019 got to the final um so important that other curriculum subjects get a good amount of time absolutely not just maths and english it's got to be it's got to be you know kids um have got to um the arts and humanities super important sapi is super important Mohammed Kamal says hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Mohammed. Um, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play the ads and then we sh and then I'll share you uh, with you uh, the interview with happiest school of the year winner, Britain's Got Talent finalist, and Christmas number one contender, Dave McPartlin. Need support with your phonics teaching? 
Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Okay, so um, you won't want to miss this. This was an excellent interview and uh, Dave's just super nice and uh, easy to interview. And uh, I even helped him out a little bit. So enjoy. Ow. Okay, welcome back to the show. And um, now I'm joined by a very special guest. This man has taken his school in an amazing new direction. He is the head teacher of Flake Fleet Primary School, a school that had a Christmas number one contender in 2017, won Laughology's Happiest School of the Year Award in 2018, and got to the final of Britain's Got Talent in 2019. I am, of course, talking about Dave McCartlin. Dave, thank you very much for being on my show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That, that was some introduction. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> okay, so Dave, the first thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, let, tell us a little bit about Flake Fleet's story since sort of you became head teacher. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you became head teacher of Flake Fleet and the things you've done to make the school what it is today. Yeah, um, I've been head teacher at Flake Fleet for coming up six years. Um, I was head teacher at another school for five years prior to that. Um, um, I, I was ready for a new challenge in my career. It's such a cliche, but it's, it's true. I, I do like a challenge. Um, and, and I looked around Flake Fleet and, and I don't know about you, but when you look around schools, you tend to do that really polite thing. Oh, lots to think about. Yes, I, I might apply. Thank you very much for that. Whereas I was straight <laughs> in there. I, I loved the school. Um, the warmth, the friendliness, the welcome, it literally jumped out. And you know, when you walk around somewhere, you just think, I, I want to be part of that. So I, I applied, um, obviously went through the interview process, was very much me, uh, really important. That I think that, you know, wherever I was, I was allowed to be my my authentic self. And, and I got the job. And then we, we've had sort of a, a fun, exciting uh, couple of years, really, I guess. Um I mean, where do you want me to start? Um, we, <laughs> like you said, we, do you know what? It, I, I, yeah, there's so much to kind of condense into one answer. I, I could be talking for 10 minutes and that's a bit boring, Joe. Um, <laughs> We've got half an hour, go for it. Well, let's go for it then. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very much proud of my working class roots. I'm from Hartlepool in the Northeast. And, and when I joined Fleetwood, it kind of struck me how, how similar we were in terms of coastal towns who really respectfully would kind of, We'd had better days, you know, Fleetwood's lost the fish in, Hartlepool lost the, the heavy industry, shipbuilding, even call centres, which we had at one point, has, has gone overseas. Um, and and then there was a phrase that kept coming up, and, and that was, I can't do that. I'm from Fleetwood. I, I can't do that. And and I've gone through my life thinking, I can, and, and it got me thinking, how do we change that as a, as a school? Um, and, and, you know, if, if that, you know, how do we do that for our community? 
and we came up with the, with the dreams list and we, we did lots of things to try and raise aspirations and to show you know our children our parents our community that when we do something <laughs> we we do it properly so we ended up you know it was kind of like the, the perfect storm in a way we'd we'd done I, I can't remember the exact order of it if i'm totally honest but i think it was something like we'd done vindaloo one year which kind of took off and you know the media got hold of and you know everyone was proud to be english in the road to the world cup we did a royal wedding where we had horse-drawn carriages, a helicopter flying overhead, and that seemed to capture the public's interest. And then we we got we won the you know the only award that I've ever nominated ourselves for ever um, is the, the the happiest school in the country. And I was on my fortieth, literally sat by the pool filling in the application. I was obsessed with that. I wanted us to get it because I genuinely felt that you know that was us and that that meant something. So we we went to Manchester. We took we took forty fifty um staff who had a lot of lemonade and had a brilliant time that evening we won that um then, then we went for christmas number one completely lost the plot with that one you know we, we had a battle bus <laughs> going around the uk uh we we bossed up chris evans we hassled all sorts of celebrities we had a launch at the winter gardens you know we, we had a banner flying around <laughs> the northwest and and it was amazing in, in many ways, you know, the, the BGT stuff, which we'll, I'm sure we'll come to. The Christmas stuff was the really exciting stuff where the yeah. community got behind it. You know, if you're into your football and you're like a Hartlepool fan like me, it was like a low league club having a, a really good FA Cup run. And the town got behind it. There was banners in the windows, you know, posters on doors balloons everywhere flies you know we, we were literally going across manchester liverpool across the northwest you know canvassing for people to buy our single and share you know on, on social media and stuff and and the reality was we ended up being third favorite um we were 15 in the midweek charts we got a vote for in top 40 it was just ridiculous and and, and people were like oh they they love a bit of you know a bit of self-publicity or you know it's all about his profile and the reality was, I just love that kind of thing. The kids love that kind of thing. The staff loved it. And it gave us something to, to you know, to come together and, and you know, feel proud of. I just and, wanted you know, to say on that, um, yeah. people that have seen you and the way you are and um, people that have watched you and the school on, on BGT and stuff can quite clearly see how genuine it is. I just wanted to point that out. I, I appreciate that. You know, <coughs> reality is that there's been you know at times there are people that like yeah but it's not like that in real life or you know you know mm. they're not like that so you know or, you know are we doing the academic side of stuff and, and, I, and can we be serious and, and and the reality is it works for us and that, that's about playing mm. your strengths it's about being authentic and what you saw you know when we end up on britain's at talent that was us you know it's not for the faint-hearted you know dressing in sequined quite tight like it's <laughs> a bit, bit short on the legs that worked for us and, and, and the kids had an amazing experience it's not for the first it's not for everyone is it no and i went to bed thinking oh god i got bgt on the back of my back you know what what's the what's the daily milk to make this yeah the, the most amazing adventure and the reality is it all stems from giving things a go and that's what we want our kids to do we want our kids to do that in life don't we we want yeah. them to take you know calculated risks put themselves out there you know, to, to do things that maybe they're going, you know, you know, I did honestly, I found out we've got a member staff that was like, what, what's the point in this? It's not, you're not like you're going to exactly win it, is it? And the reality nah. was we came six on the one of the biggest shows in television. 
yeah. that all stemmed from giving it a go. You know, I have mm. that sense of self worth working hard. And you know, I, I, more than anything else, I want that for our kids growing up. That's God, I could I could talk for ages, Joe. Yeah, there's so, there's so much to in amongst um, that. I feel I feel like old Simon Cowell would have sort of been a bit more cynical about it, but he's mellowed a little bit over the years and embraced a bit more of that silly side, hasn't he? Yeah, and you know, like there's quite a bit cut out of the bit that was on on TV. You know, he said loads of really lovely things, and I just remember being stood on the stage. You know, because it, it could be quite a challenging, stressful job being a head teacher at times. And you can feel yeah. quite lonely, vulnerable, and, and to, to stand and have like one of the most famous people on the planet saying all these lovely things about you, the kids in the school. It's like God, I, it was completely overwhelming, and, and the tears, as you saw, that the tears went on for a lot longer than you saw on television. Yeah. But do you know, do you know what? As 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 I said before, that just that just shows how genuine you guys are. And I think, um, you know, I I know personally, I as a kid, I would have loved to have had a head teacher who was willing to, you know, dress in a princess outfit or a Superman outfit or wear a giant planet <laughs> around his body and things. You know, um, that that would have just been so fun. Um, so that so. Dare to Dream, that slogan, it sort of came about because of Fleetwood struggling as a town and you wanted to raise the aspirations of the families and the kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've literally changed the uniform <clears throat> on, on the front of it. It says hashtag Dare to Dream, got the school name and everything on the back. But, you know, we, we, you know we've, we've managed to get it to a point where it's an actual thing. You know, the kids will say it one another. You know, if somebody says, I can't do that, they'll be like, yeah, come on, Dare to Dream, give it a go. And the parents do that, you know, and on the back of, say, the Christmas number one campaign where the parents, you know, helped out and everyone became part of it. You know, there was lots of parents who went on to get employment, you know, applied, oh, you, know, so cool. applied for, you know, you know, took on qualifications or drive lessons, things like that, because they saw that if, if we can do that, then they can do all these other things. Um, I, I didn't think it would take off like it did. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But sometimes, mm. you know, when you put yourself out there, you know, you, you, you know, you're brave or daft enough to take that small step in, and then the next small step line, you know, another step. And, and the next thing, you know, you, you, you experience all these amazing things that started with a very small decision to, to you know, to give something a go. Yeah. So I, I, I got to ask you back to um, BGT, because um, the contract that you have to sign for Britain's Got Talent sounds like it's quite hefty and can be a little bit um, sort of, um well i i i guess there's thing clauses that say that like you you cannot say anything bad about simon cowell or anything like that what was it what was that like i mean to be honest the the, the reality of the bgt adventures it was terrifying you know i'm running <laughs> you know school of 500 staff and, and, and sorry 80 staff 500 kids um and, and on top of you know all the other stuff that can be i mean the paperwork was huge um, you know, I can't remember, it was probably like 25 pages along the contract. But the reality <laughs> is, we were never going to go and release a single, we were never going to go on tour or anything like that. No. So for us, it was kind of, it, it didn't really mean anything, you know, we, we only ever had a really positive experience, the crew were lovely, the judges That's were cool. brilliant with the kids. So, you know, in, in that sense, um, I wouldn't really have much comment to make, I mean, we were left to our own devices, to be totally honest. The only thing we, we had to send videos off and if it infringed on any copyright or there was anything dangerous that I was suggesting, you know, mm -hmm. the, otherwise it, it was pretty plain sailing all of that. It was just, you imagine what it's like collecting your local apprentice forms and try doing that with 50 kids in these huge <laughs> contracts. It was quite, it was quite <laughs> amazing. 
brilliant um so yeah so let's um let's talk a bit about um the sort of the well-being culture and how you have um how your school is always really you you, you create a culture of you want everyone to be happy so that they can be the best learners they can possibly be um and just let's let's sort of clarify a few misconceptions that i think some people might think it's not it's not a tick box exercise and it's not something that you can just say throw money at or, or sort of um have an instant gratification award is it it has to be worked on quite a lot doesn't it over time oh, you know, it, it's something that you you know in terms of that <clears throat> i want staff to be happy i want the children to be happy I, you know well-being I, I guess we could we could spend a long time unpicking what that means but for me it comes down to the fact that staff and children feel safe they feel secure um and, and we have that, that sense of psychological safety that it's okay to take risks it's okay to, to you know to get things wrong it's okay to to challenge one another because I guess what would be difficult is if, if I just wanted everybody to be happy and our kids just to be happy, it might be that we don't challenge and that we don't continue to move the skill forward. And that's a really, really difficult balance. You know, I don't really like having difficult conversations. I don't I don't like upsetting anybody or, you know, stressing them out, whatever. But there's got to be that that line where we do have that happiness and well-being and psychological safety that we've talked about. But equally, there has got to be that that level of challenging and moving things forward. And I guess it's a healthy level of pressure that is different mm. to stress. You know, when it tips over into stress, then that's very, very different. But the way that I see it is that you we all we need to be in the best possible state, you know, in terms of our mental health and well-being, if we're going to to achieve the more academic side of things, you know, the job that I guess is the it's the building blocks, it's the foundations, isn't it? You, you know, you, you, me, any any adult, any child, we've got to be in that right place for learning, for working, to you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna do our job well or, or even thrive and, and excel in it. I, I just I think when people are overworked, stressed, you know, when when you know you know heads are leaders don't deal with things very well you're not going to get the best out of people mm. you know and, and the way that i see it is what we've got going <clears> at the school is in in what nearly six years i think we've had three staff leave one retired two you know two two of them wanted to come back you know and mm -hmm. yet results have continued to go up year year on year numbers have gone through the roof um you know it works it just it just challenges that 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 idea that a head should be aloof and, and you know, stubborn and strong and, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? You know, nobody wants to work for that kind of boss anymore. No. I don't think they, they want to make a difference. They want to be respected, trusted, empowered. That's when the really exciting stuff happens. Yeah. Um, and um, have you ever heard of the zone of proximal development? Nobody sounds fun. Okay, so well, because I think what you're describing sounds similar to that. So you have sort of three circles. You have your comfort zone, which is all the things that you're really um, you, you can just do naturally. Then outside of that circle, you have the zone of proximal development, and then outside of that, you have a third circle, which is the panic zone. And the idea is that in the zone of proximal development, you have things that you can do but with a bit of support and might find a bit challenging and your panic zone is stuff that's beyond you at the moment and then um so and the idea is to grow your comfort zone uh, that sounds kind of like what you're doing 
Do you know, you've explained it. I'm I'm going to steal that. You need to send me a link afterwards. Oh, Absolutely. Well. You're right. It, it's a little <laughs> bit like um, an elastic band. You know, you stretch it and then you stretch it a bit more and you stretch it. You know, it, we're just growing and, and we, we, we're just trying to create the best conditions. It's like a plant, isn't it? If I can, if I can have like a, a bit of a, 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 you know, that analogy, you know, you need to give a plant the conditions, the water, the sunlight, too much of one, you know, it, it isn't good for it. And I just want to help all of our children, all of our adults to grow and develop to be the best version of themselves. And that's, that's the same with me, I guess, you know, we've done a lot of work with a psychologist. It's about knowing ourselves and knowing others and then, and then growing that, you know, yeah, you've, I like that a lot. I definitely need to read up on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send you a link to some of the stuff after this interview. Um, I, I've got to, I've got to ask. Um, I, I, I've been following your social media pages, and I know you guys have a uh, therapy dog. How's how, how is how is uh, is it Maggie? Mabel. Ma Mabel. 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 I'm impressed. Mabel, do you know what? It's um, we got it shortly before lockdown. We stressed that you know, we really wanted a dog. Um, and we, we had done for a very long time, but it's one of those things that, oh God, can you, can you, can you have a dog in a school and risk assessments and how does that work? And, and how do you know, what, what does that look like? Um, and the reality was we, we went into lockdown shortly after getting Mabel, uh, which was a shame because, um, Lindsay, a member of staff who looked after her, um, she spent most of her time in a single bubble. Um, and you had that whole, can you stroke a dog and can another child stroke a dog? Are you going to pass COVID on through stroking the dog? You know, all these weird things that we would have never imagined that we had to, um, to think about. But the reality is we, we are a lot more back to normal now. And I think what's lovely is that we've, we've got a big, a large number of, of nurture staff and, and Mabel is, is part of that. And mm -hmm. what we found is that you can't be angry with Mabel. You know, we got yeah. really lucky that I think Lindsay trained her really well. But she's so loving and, and some of our children, they just want to give her a cuddle. They just want to take her for a walk. They want to look after her. Um, and we found is that when children are really not in a great place, they kind of instantly calm down. And it's weird because I, I, I wouldn't have believed you if somebody said that that would happen. But it's, it's literally instant. I've never seen a child angry in the same room as Mabel. It is just weird. And it's just, you know, it works better for some than others, but it's just another thing that we, you know, another thing that we can try in school when our children are struggling, we've got a sensory room, we've got lots of other things going on in school. And Mabel is just, you know, one of those tools, I guess, that we, we bring out when a child needs it. Yeah, I bet I bet the staff, she has a similar effect on the staff as well. Yeah, oh God, the staff are even worse than the kids, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in, in, in my school, because my school is, uh, is quite a progressive school and uh, lots, lots of what we do is outdoors. And last year, our school was literally my head teacher's house. And we've since moved to um, some National Trust lands. But one thing I do miss about the new site is I used to sneak in and get cuddles with, um, with my boss's dog, Lucy. Um, so I do miss that. Um, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? There's just something very um, therapeutic, very calming about animals, isn't it? Um, they're very loving yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Um, so you've got... You, you mentioned that you've got a lot of um, a lot of nurture uh, nurture stuff, and I just I, I I just wanted to point out that so when you talk about happiness, um, I think what can sometimes be a misconception is that people think that happiness means that everyone's happy all the time, 
but that's not the case at all. It's, I, I guess it's about how you rise to challenges, isn't it? Do you know you are so insightful, Joe? Yeah, I, I'm loving. I'm loving the chat. Yeah, you're right. It, you know, it's not about being happy all the time. Um, it, oh wow, there's so much more underneath it all, isn't it? Um, maybe I need to change my happy kids make better learners. It, it, it's just about being. It's all the things that sit underneath it, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, resilience, patience, tolerance, kindness, respect. Um, I guess I use happy as, a, as an umbrella for lots of lots of other things. You know, I mean, the reality is. Most people, when they do come to school, they do see a very, very happy school. You know, they will. The kids will come up and, and hug me. You know, they'll you know they'll, mm -hmm. they'll talk to visitors. Um, they they do get on very well with one another. They you know they enjoy having fun and you know lively, but in a really nice way. Yeah. Uh, did you know what I mean? Just spark, I guess. Um, that's really interesting. You, there's lots of things today. You've not really. Th uh, yeah, happiness. There's so much more that sits underneath. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that like that's just the umbrella. And there's there's all sorts that sits underneath that. Yeah. So um when you uh, I wanted to ask when you when you applied for um let's let's talk a bit about the the Laughology Awards. So um you obviously you said earlier you were really passionate about about getting that. Um and I just wanted to I um, I, I guess I wanted to know um, what what did you aim to get out of the ward? What were you kind of aiming for um, when you when you applied, and how did you um, how did you find what was the competition like? I guess <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea what the competition was like. To be, to be totally honest, I think. Do you know what? I said, I said another. Wow, you are good at this, Joe. Um, <laughs> genuinely, you are very good at it. Um, <coughs> it's more for staff, to be totally honest. You know, we're in a, we're in a, a what might be considered a challenging area, you know, disadvantaged area, 50, 60% preschool meals, and staff yeah. work incredibly, incredibly hard, very, very loyal, committed. They love the kids, they'll do anything for them. They go above and beyond consistently, um, and I have done for many years. And I think it was for them. And, you know, it, it's really hard because, you know, I'll have it on my Twitter bio and I'll tell people about it. But, it, you know, there's something beautiful. There's genuine. It's on Facebook. I, I recorded a video when I did it. But going into the staff room, getting them all together, you know, like you do when you've almost got an offset call. <laughs> to yeah. say to them guys guys we've been shortlisted for the happiest school in the country and there was this lovely cheer it was like yeah we're going to put a bus on and we're going to go to manchester and have a massive party like next week or the week after it's really short notice and it was just lovely you know they, they do go along with the, the, some of the daft ideas that you know we've done all sorts of daft uh, videos and you know silly things along the way and you know we we have a laugh with the kids i just i don't know it just felt really that was us you know i i can't imagine a school that is much happier than I was. And that's really bad because I'm saying it as the boss and I'm, I'm not taking the credit or the responsibility of it because I, I think it was very much like that when I joined it, to, to, to okay. be totally honest. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting one, that. Because it wasn't upset. And I sent like probably a ridiculously long application with all sorts of data and examples and links and cutouts and things like that. I don't know. I just, I think it was nice for the parents as well because I think as a parent of three, you want your children to go to a happy school. And it was just nice for our, you know, for staff, you know, and our community to be recognized for that. I don't know, maybe why did I want that one so much? Because I've never applied for any other awards ever. No. 
Um, you know, we were shortlisted for a Pearson School of the Year two years back, which was brilliant. We got a silver award. We were runners up. Um, but this this is the only one that we've ever applied for. I don't know. I it just felt felt really personal. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna think about that one as well, Joe. I think I think um, from my my experience of schools applying for awards, I think if it really means something to you guys and you're genuinely passionate about it, then absolutely you should go for it. What one of my pet hates a little bit is when people or organizations might apply for awards but they just see it as a tick box exercise but there's no actual genuine passion behind it um you know being our school is outdoors and one of our specialist teachers is an environmentalism teacher that's something we've just started we're going to teach our kids to care about the environment reduce their single-use plastic and um we um and i i sort of i think about schools that perhaps have the eco schools award but then i've seen that once they've got the award then they don't share anything else about it and so for them that's just a tick box exercise rather than actual genuine action yeah i, I it's, it's it's interesting because <laughs> i could never apply in in any capacity for an award unless it was genuine you know, I, I couldn't, I, I, I could never do it just because I want it on a letterhead um, yeah. or, or to put on our website or to put on a banner or anything like that. I could only, and I guess that comes down to authenticity, you know, being authentic and, and true to myself and true to our school. You know, if we really are brilliant at those things, right, come on, then let, let's do it and let's be recognized and celebrate it. But if it's not us, then I don't think that we should be doing that. You know, yeah, I, I, I do get where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. I definitely do. Um, so uh, um, now, I my specialisms. I'm actually a specialist teacher. I teach music and computing across my school. Um, so as those are my specialist subjects, I've got to ask, um, what um, what is your music and computing curriculum like, and what are some of the things that you do with those two subjects? uh i mean ict is, is something that we, we i think we do a brilliant job of we got nice. so much technology um full all in apple school you know all of the kids from year one upwards have their own ipads we've got staff have macbooks ipads you know we, we've got so much technology dj decks drones the lot green we, we do quite a lot of green screen um so I think wow. I think the children get a really good experience. I want to come and see that. That sounds yeah, phenomenal. Uh, so, uh, South London. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're quite a trek, but come to Blackpool. We'll, we'll, yeah, sometime, sometime, sometime yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I think we do a great job. You know, I think it's almost it's so integrated within everything else. It's kind of that's you know that's just you know it, it, it's just what we do yeah where do you um, where did you get all the funding for that did you have loads of grants you applied for um no to be honest i mean we're, we're very fortunate that we we get a huge you know sum of people premium money um and i would imagine nice. some people listening think it'd go i wish we got that and i've come from a school where we you know we had six people premium children or something silly like that um and, and then I, rem I remember that sense of frustration but the, the challenges that we have in, in Fleetwood, you know, I think we use that money very, very well. A lot of it came when the school was renovated quite a long time back now. But, you know, that was the, the, the process started with a lot of the technology that was put in. And over, you know, over the last couple of years, we've we've planned to kind of 
um not renew it but upgrade things and whatever so it, it's expensive but but it works for us um in terms of the music do you know what honest answer i think sometimes the experience is, is you know dependent on on the staff who's lead you know who you know the, the teacher yeah. that they have you know so for example with me you know, I use a line on, on Britain's Got Talent about, you know, we're just very enthusiastic. With me, you'll get a really enthusiastic music lesson, but I've got lots of colleagues where you'll actually, you'll actually learn a lot more and get more from it. And, and I think there is an argument for people such as yourself to give them that, you know, that specialist experience, you know, where yeah. somebody who really knows what they're doing. But then, you, I guess, you know, primary colleagues would say that you lose that sense of, you know, that, that, that relationship that you have with the children, whether you'd ever want to go down that secondary model. I think I would, to be totally honest, you know, that the idea that you get some brilliant for PE and brilliant for music, you know, I look at art, I'm hopeless with art. Um, whereas I see some colleagues producing some amazing stuff with the children and, and for some of the, you know, I, I, yeah. What, what do you think on that? What do you think about specialist teaching? And I mean, I, I mean, as, as a specialist teacher, I've got, um, I, I think certainly with music, I, I have, I like to think I have a similar energy to you when I teach. Like I, I get very enthusiastic, very energetic. I am also a trained professional musician. I did my undergraduate at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. So um, I've sort of got the training and the skills to back it up as well. So, you know, I can, I can get my kids, you know, hopping around like bunnies when I play um, play Hop Little Bunnies um, in the early years. Um, and I can actually play it and sing it myself. Um, and I love I love doing that. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, every school is very different. But yeah, I do think that there are perhaps certain things, especially in a subject like music, that could only be taught or could only be achieved if you had the backing of someone who is skilled in that subject. And I think especially music is probably, I'd say, the subject where most class teachers are the least confident in. If you asked um, most class teachers what subject they're least confident in, most likely answers music and ICT um so in that sense yeah every school is different however I I I that's why I love being a specialist in that way yeah I'm to totally with you on that Joe totally with you okay well I think um I I can't remember what time we started but I think it's been about half an hour so um as a closing question Dave um if you were to give advice to a school that wants to improve their culture uh wants to improve their well-being wants to make wants to make the school a happier place overall what would be your number one piece of advice to them Oh, wow. Uh, number one piece of advice. Um, I think it's about the, the conditions that you create for growth. Um, mostly, you know, the sense of psychological safety and, and, and being open to feedback and how you deliver that. And then I guess also playing to your strengths. You know, we're all, all staff, all schools, we're all different. And I think part of it is, is recognizing what those strengths are and, and playing to them, I guess.
that's that's probably what I'd go for. Brilliant. Well, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show. Thank you so much for the interview. I've loved it. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it too. I'd like to do this again sometime. Joe, I've really enjoyed this. It's been yeah, great. Thank well, you for having me. Well, do you know what? We've got um uh, on, on our on our Slack page, we always um we always post which guests we're having. And when I said I was interviewing you, it got a lot of good reactions. So and I'm sure when the other hosts see this interview, some might be some might be message other hosts might message you, we'll see. Um but yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, Dave. Uh, you are absolutely brilliant at this, Joe. You are so Cheers. natural. Honestly, we're not Thanks. recording now, are we? You, you know and, and on that note, I did say, now we're not recording. Um, so yeah, like uh, afterwards, we just had a bit of a conversation about uh, some of what we talked about. And uh, it was, uh, yeah. It was, um, yeah, that was a great interview. Um, and um, I then sent Dave afterwards some stuff about the zone of proximal development. So he was able to um, have a look at and listen at that. Um, and yeah, so that's Dave McPartland for you. Um, great guy, inspirational head teacher, probably one of my favorite head teachers that I don't work for. Um, right. I'm going to play the news, um, have an ad break, and then do some songs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. In Scotland, school inspections will not go ahead as planned in the new year, according to a report in the TES. Education Scotland, the national inspection body, released a statement on Friday. In it, they refer to the ongoing challenges faced by schools and state that inspectors will not resume routine inspection programmes as originally planned. The article goes on to refer to planned recovery visits, which may take place from mid-February, but it stresses that this is only if COVID-19 allows and that these visits will aim to support the education sector as it continues to respond to the impact of the pandemic. Grades will not be given as part of these visits. Whilst this news was welcomed by education unions in Scotland, it's likely to provoke further calls by many for Ofsted to take similar action in England. Concerns about rising student debt have been brought to the fore again in an article featured on the website Money Expert. Following a Freedom of Information request from a former student, it's revealed that the largest university debt in the UK is £189,000. In a thread posted on Reddit, dozens of current and former students highlighted the large amounts of interest that are being accrued from student loans. In response to the revelations made, MoneyExpert.com reports that the student loan company responded by saying the examples referred to on Reddit were exceptional cases. The Reddit thread has, however, reignited the debate about student loans and the interest that can be accumulated. The issue is not new, but did become a contentious topic in 2009 when the limit on university tuition fees was raised to £9,000 per year. Recent data has found that those graduating in 2020 had an average debt of £45,060 and the current interest rate is 5.6%, which is far higher than the vast majority of personal loan rates available on the high street. 
The pandemic has also raised questions about the overall value for money of some university courses, where much of the tu tuition has been delivered online. Finally, many media outlets across the UK are highlighting schools which have featured in Parent Power 2022. The 29th edition of the Sunday Times Guide to Britain's Highest Achieving Primary and Secondary Schools in both the state and independent sector. The guide is published without making use of the results from the Summer 2021 exam series. This is an approach similar to that taken in the previous year and allows for schools differing approaches in calculating teacher and centre assessed grades. See local press for details. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Okay, everybody. Um, so being in this, um, it, I don't get many live listeners at this time. I guess people are busy and um, and have lunch. But um, please, I, I know that a lot more people download the show. So if you have downloaded the show, then please tweet me um, with any responses or reactions to things I've been talking about or things that came up, because I would love to hear from you. Anyway, now it's time for some songs. And um, as I said at the beginning of the show, I left my acoustic guitar and my ukulele in school and I haven't got my piano with me because I took my piano in and it's way too heavy for me to um, take it back and forth. So I've left that at school deliberately. So today I'm going to be trying to do some stuff using my trombone and my electric guitar. Let's see how this goes. Um, now, one of the things that I love doing as a little warm-up um, game for all of my kids is um, once I've introduced the trombone to them and they understand how the slide works, I can you can do this one of two ways. Um, and the, the one that gets them all involved is uh, when you have um, everyone stand up and then when the slide is in, they stand up nice and tall. And then when the slide is down, they crouch down. I've done this with early years, right up to year six, and probably would work with some secondary school kids as well as a little warm up. So um, let's see how this sounds. I don't want to hurt anyone's ears. Okay. That's, that's about, about that distance should be all right. So I would like go. And, and at that point, as the note went down, they would crouch down. And as the note went up, they would go up. 
and then I'd get more ridiculous as it goes on. So I'd start slow. Give it a little pause for dramatic effect. And at this point, everyone's jumping up and down like crazy, but it's all in good fun. Vary it a bit. Um, and at that point, kids will probably make jokes about, oh, it sounds like you're farting, but, you know, just go with it. And then, yeah, just keep that going for as long as um, it's a good physical warm-up. Anyway, so that's a, that's a great one for, um, for a, a good physical warm-up. And then... Um, when I first introduced the trombone to kids, um, I always, I, I don't make a sound out of it first. I show them how I put it together. And then I would start off by, um, by asking them, how do you make a noise out of it? And the first thing that most people would say would be you blow into it. And then I would literally just blow into it without doing any buzzing noise. I'd go, it's not working. Why is it not working? Blow harder. This is typically what happens when I do this. Um, and then, oh, why is it still not working? Move the slide. Okay, so I do that. I blow, literally just blow and move the slide. Oh, okay, still not working. What's going on? Um, right, well, um, and then I would reveal to them that actually you have to use your tongue and you have to kind of blow a raspberry. I'd show them what that looks like and then I'd actually do it. And then show them what happens when the slide goes up and down, the pitch goes lower. Um, that's a common misconception. Most people think that, or most, <clears throat> well, hiccup and cough there. Most um, students or kids think that um, think that the a bigger instrument means a higher pitch, but actually, you know, that's the misconception you can address. That the bigger the instrument, the lower the sound, and then you can explain the science behind it. That there's actually, uh, you know, the more air has to go through. And so, therefore, the sound is lower, or if it's a string instrument, string vibrates slower, and so, therefore, the sound is lower. So, you can incorporate a bit of science into that. But anyway, it's a little warm-up game that I do with the trombone. Um, <clears throat> and 
I know there are some schools that do whole class brass and whole class trombones, and uh, that's a topic for another time. But um, what's what's the first tune I would often play to them? Because I would take I would take requests. I'd probably play the acrobat to them first, to be honest. So that would be something like this. Most people might know this. And then um, I might I might take requests. So um, usually the younger ones would say things like Paw Patrol, Peppa Pig. E- even some of the year sixes want me to just make fun of Peppa Pig by doing it on the uh, trombone. So, you know, I do that. Something like that. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of thing I might do with the trombone with kids. Now, I'm going to play some actual songs now. Um, and today, I um, the only instrument that I have access to um, apart from my trombone is the electric guitar because all my other instruments are at school but um, I figured that I could do some songs right um, let's see how that sounds okay So what I'm going to do is, um, first song that I'm going to play is um, a, yeah, I'm going to start actually with um, another great song. I'm going to sort of start with younger children and then get um, to songs appropriate for the older children. So um, this one is a great um, feel good um, uh, uh, moving song. And this is one of those rare times where I might actually use the backing track because um, because I like I like having uh, uh, the the drums really drive this one, but I can do it a bit on the piano and the uh, and the uh, guitar as well. So let's see how this goes. This is called Teddy Bear Rock and Roll, and I think it's by Lynn Marsh. I can't remember though. I think it's by Lynn Marsh. Teddy's feeling 
retire today. Gotta chase those blues away. We know just the very thing to do. Listen while we sing a song. Soon you'll want to join along. This'll bring a smile to me and you. Take those paws, little teddy bear. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy like you just don't care. Take those feet till the dancing glare and let's rock. Twist and turn, give a jump or two. Wriggle, wriggle, wriggle till your fur turns blue. Take my hand till the music's through and let's rock. Teddy's feeling cross today. Gotta chase those blues away. We know just the very thing to do. Listen while we sing a song. Soon you'll want to drive along. This'll bring a smile to me and you. Shake those paws, little teddy bear. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy like you just don't care. Take those feet dancing everywhere and let's rock. Twist and turn, give a jump or two. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle till your fur turns blue. Take my hand till the music's through and let's rock. So that's called Teddy Bear Rock and Roll. It's um, it's uh, it's a great one for getting kids moving and stuff. Um, early years, key stage one works well for them. Um, it's also a good one for emotions and empathy for that. Right. Um, now, um, I had this um, as a request for um, for from my early years from my early years kids. Sorry, I'm just checking my guitars in tune. That is out of tune. So, and it's the Track to Ted theme song. I'll do, I'll do my best. Sorry, it's it's difficult to get um, electric guitar in tune sometimes, um, but I'll, I'll do my best. Anyway, yeah. So Tractor Ted is a series on Amazon Prime. It's become quite popular. Tractor. Oh, oh sorry. It goes. Um... Tractor Ted is asleep in his shed as the cockroach says good morning. So much to do, Farmer Tom and Mitch do down on the farm exploring. Welcome to the farm, we Tractor Ted. Let's go see the farm, we Tractor Ted. Come on, there's no time to rest. We've come to see you.
farting. Go and grab your keys for all your machines and get them up and running. Welcome to the farm, which I said. Let's go see the farm, which I said. As a powerful rev, his engines roar like thunder. Come on, play on this marvelous day, full of fun and wonder. Welcome to the farm, which I attend. Let's go see the farm, which I attend. There's a little bit more to that song, but um, yeah, kids love it when I can play uh, certain uh, certain kids theme tunes. And another one that's, of course, of course, very popular. I'm going to turn distortion on for this one because this is more of a rock song. Right, let's just see how that sounds. Um... Nice. Got a bit of a rock on, so, you know. All right, um, so one of my biggest requests in early years is, of course, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, be there on the double whenever you're in trouble. Round Adventure Bay, ride around a team of pups, come and save the day. Marshall, Rubble, Chase, Rocky, Zuma, Sky, yeah, they're on the way. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in trouble. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, we'll be there on the double. No jobs too big, no pups too small. Paw Patrol's on a roll, so here we go. Paw Patrol, wah Paw Patrol. Wow, Paw Patrol. Yeah, Paw Patrol, you know, um, as much as it probably people are probably sick of it, especially if they've got young kids, it actually has a pretty rocking soundtrack, um, which I quite like. Um, now, if you're going to turn on distortion on electric guitar, um, a great song to do is Life is a Highway by Tom Cochrane. Um, which was also covered by Rascal Flats for the Pixar film Cars. Um, and it's on Sing Up as well. So it's it's a good one. Um, it's a good one for um, a bit of... Uh... One day here and the next day gone Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand Sometimes you turn you back to the way There's a world outside every darkened door Where blues won't want you anymore The brave are free and the love is sore Come ride with me to the distant shore We won't hesitate To break down the garden gates There's not much time left today yeah. Life is a highway I wanna ride it all night long If you're going my way I wanna drive it all night long all these cities and all these towns is in my blood and all about. I love you then, like I loved you then. This is the road, and these are the hands. 
From Mozambique to those Memphis nights, the carbon past the Vancouver lights. Knock me down and back up again, you're in my blood, I'm a lonely man. There's no load I can hold, the road's so roughness I know, I'll be there when the light comes. Wait. Um, wait, I've forgotten how that goes. Oh, well. Um, Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long. If you're going my way, I want to drive it all night long. Yeah, etc. I'm not, I'm not going to do the rest of it because I've forgotten some of the uh, chords and tunes for that. But... Um, yeah, life is a highway is a good one for um, for um, if you've got like rock instruments and things for doing something with that. Right, um, gonna turn distortion off, and um, where last song is gonna be uh, for today is gonna be a Bruno Mars classic. Um, all right, I'm just gonna check this is in tune. Just bear with me a moment. Got to make sure that. Um, so C chord. Whoa, no. There you go. Right. Hopefully all the chords will be in tune for this. This is Counts on Me um, by Bruno Mars. It's a Bruno Mars classic. And this is great for Key Stage 2 and Secondary School. Um, yeah. Some key stage one kids can do this actually. If you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sail the world to find you. But if you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can see, I'll be the light to guide you. Find out what we're made of When we are called to help our friends in need You can count on me Like one, two, three I'll be there And I know when I need it I can count on you Like four, three, two You'll be there Cause that's what friends are supposed to do I oh, am yeah. yeah, yeah If you're tossing and you're turning and you just can't fall asleep I'll sing a song beside you And if you ever forget how much you really mean to me Every day I will remind you of Find out what we're made of When we are called to help our friends in need You can count on me like one, two, three I'll be there And I know when I need it I can count on you like four, three, two, you'll be there. Yes, that's what friends are supposed to do. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. You'll always have my shoulder when you cry. I'll never let go, never say goodbye. No, no, no. Can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three, two, you'll be there. Cause that's what friends are supposed to do, oh yeah. Count on me, cause I can count on you. So yeah, um, count on me, a great one for um, Key Stage 2 and also secondary school students. Um, they, it, it's, um, and it, it can add harmonies as well. And thing is, if you're male and like me, sometimes what can happen is um, if you sing a song um, in, a, in your low, a naturally low voice, like Bruno Mars does that an octave higher. But if you sing it um, naturally, naturally in that voice, if your kids are used to that, then they'll sing it at the correct pitch which is actually comfortable for them because it's uh, middle C to high C. Anyway, yeah, with, with these songs, I know I don't always perform them the best, um, but hopefully that's not the idea. Like um, what I want to do is I want to demonstrate an examples of songs that you, that you can hopefully use in school and the way to teach them and the way to do them so yeah i know that wasn't the best performance of some of those songs but um anyway that is all i've got time for today so if you've been if you listened live at any point thank you if you've downloaded also thank you very much and i will see you next time You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.